The following program is sponsored by Salt and Pepper Conversations. Welcome to Salt and Pepper Conversations with author and speaker David Savage and pastor and evangelist Aaron Thomas. Salt because as Christians, we're called on to be salt and light in a world of darkness. Pepper because as men, we struggle with things like hot tempers and dark thoughts. Let's join David and Aaron for today's topic. Good afternoon, Salt and Pepper listeners. We're in September. It's one of my favorite months because it's my birthday, you know, first of all. And, yeah, it's all about uh, and him. SEC football. <laughs> SEC football. Go Texas A&M. All right. Today, we are covering the final face, the friend face in our series of the four faces of manhood. As always, we want to thank our friendly sponsor, Electronic Restoration Services ERS for their support. And as the saying goes, a friend in need is a friend indeed. Pastor Aaron, I believe one of the biggest losses all of us have suffered through this pandemic is a loss in connection with friends and even family for those most frightened about getting or transmitting COVID, not to mention travel restrictions. How is your friend garden growing? Here we go. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Back again. Aaron's back. Tell your friend. <laughs> uh, that's Slim Shady, my version. Yeah, I know. Dave, I know. Yeah. Dave's like, Slim who? What's a Shady? Anyway. Slim. <laughs> what up, Salt and Pepper people? What's up? Uh, what's up? Glad you're back. Glad to have you here. Uh, so good to be back this Sunday afternoon. Thanks for hanging out with us again. And thanks, um, Electronic Restoration Service, for continuing to hold us down. Now, Dave, uh, this friend garden thing, you are, you are so weird, man. Yet, I'm glad you're my friend. And I think I know what you're talking about. Um, you have to remember, I'm a pastor, so ain't nobody really want to be the pastor, <laughs> be the pastor's friend. You know what I'm saying? They're like, not that guy. You know, I, I, I say that jokingly with a hint of truth. You know, I have friends, uh, you and, and, and others, but the friend circle is kind of small because of uh, what I do. You know, however, to your point, friendships have definitely taken a serious hit um, of late, not just because of the pandemic and loss of uh, connection, you know, travel and all that, man, but you also got to remember um, because of all the uh, decisiveness in our divisive. society. Divisive. Thank you. Yeah. See, I knew it was one of those big words. He'd come through. That's why you have friends like that. Make it sound smarter. <laughs> yeah, man, there's so many issues separating people, dividing people. I mean, I, I got neighbors divided because of a sign hanging in your front yard. I'm like, for real? Come on, folks. This is America. We're allowed to have difference of opinions and, and get along, especially when we're talking about friendship. So this is uh, definitely a face that we um, need to put on mm-hmm. and need to have a better understanding about friends and what that really means. Right. So the, so the friend face reflects connecting energy. That's what I was saying. I felt, I have felt, you know, we've lost connection. We've been blown apart, atomized, you know, kept in our isolated places uh, because we're worried about the pandemic. And unfortunately, this Delta variant is, uh, we were we're crawling out. (laughs) Yeah, we got. Pushing us back in the hole. We got vaccines. Kids are going back to school. We're getting kicked back in. But so. I want to uh, really focus on this connecting energy. You know, it is characterized by loyalty, accountability, and the willingness to embrace the challenges of friendship and pursue fun together. 
the friend face is expressed when you reach out to another person or another man is what we're saying here. Uh, you are transparent with him about your triumphs. Of course, we love to brag, but also our struggles. Right. You make yourself accountable to him and in turn hold him accountable, like you were telling me about Eddie uh, in the elevator. So Proverbs seventeen seventeen says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Yes, they are. Thank you, Jesus. So, Aaron, what else does the Bible have to say about the friend face? Man, it's funny when you when you're uh, I'm listening to you uh, talk and open us up and you know about loyalty and that's truly a big thing. Loyal to the fact that you just accept somebody for uh, who they are, not who you want them to be, and then you work there from the Word of God. And I want to reiterate something that you said. Yes, we're talking about men, and not that men can't have friends that are women, um, but one of the hardest bonds for men is men being true friends with men and just being vulnerable mm-hmm. and sharing. You know, that loyalty comes with trust and, and and a sense of vulnerability. And it's really not taught in our culture. You know, men, we always have on um, not our friend face. We have on our friend face mask, right? And we hide behind it. And, yeah, we'll get to that show one day, too. Yeah. But um, the acquaintance face. The friend face, you know, um, it, it's really good because I believe in our culture, uh, we're quick to call people friends, and we got to be careful about that as well. You know, the Bible says this about friends. There are verses. Uh, there are the verses you mentioned, Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them fall down, one can help uh, the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. You know, that's just talking about a friend being there to uh, help you in, in in your life, throughout your life, and lifting you up when you're down. Because here's the fact of the matter. We all fall down. Yes. Sooner or later, everyone falls. You know, um, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen speaks about iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You think about a friend that knows you and can hold you accountable and kind of, you know, keep you on the right path and remind you of who you said you want to be. Right. Right. And that, and that's true friendship. Friends uh, console and help us when we're in trouble. You know, you can read about that in, in Judges and in Samuel. Uh, they also, and as I said, rebuke uh, us or correct. Sorry, a big Bible word, rebuke. Uh, in love, proving uh, more faithful than a hypocritical fla- uh, flatterer. You know, I go these frenemies, fake friends, whatever you want to call them, you know, flatter you and tell you what you want to hear. A real, a real friend? Be like, yo, Dave, you are screwing up, my man, you know, if I really care about you, if you really care about me. A couple more verses just because I want to make sure that as men, we have a biblical perspective that God really is about men befriending one another. Uh, One who has an unreliable friend soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And then Proverbs 27 says, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. And the pleasantness of friend of a friend springs from the uh, from heartfelt advice, you know. Uh, so these are just a few of uh, the scriptures off the top of my head um, to speak about biblical friendship, and we definitely need to have a biblical perspective of it because it is definitely a necessary thing. That grounding, yes, we yeah. certainly do. And everyone has friends, and all of us have been both delighted and disappointed with them because they are frail and faulty human creatures just like us. And like you said, we all fall. Um, an ugly character of the friend face is being a user. 
When a man misuses his friend face, he manipulates relationships for his own selfish purposes and then discards them when his own needs have been met, just like a Kleenex. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like a lot of politicians I've <laughs> heard about. Uh, Aaron, have you got a man in the Bible <laughs> who shows us this ugly side of, of the friend face? Man, man, do I ever. You know, when when I was thinking about this and, and looking this up, I I was thinking about people that we call friends that, what do you say, manipulate? Yes. Right? Get us uh, to do things we shouldn't do. And, and I, I I thought of a real dark account in the Bible in Second Samuel 13 where uh, uh, Jonadab persuades Ammon, uh, David's son, to mm-hmm. rape his half-sister Tamar. Right? I, I, I know that's like a, a, a very in-your-face thing, but that's what friends do. Get us to do things that not only defile us, defile others, but our moral, tear at our moral character and moral fiber. And that's what I told you. I call those people frenemies, not not basically friends. Friends can lead us astray in regard to our faith. They sometimes, uh, we have those examples through uh, uh, the Bible with Israel, leading them to worship false gods. You know, and back in that time, that was punishable by death. You know, today our friends mislead us. We, you know, uh, I'm a Christian, Right. And then they start adding to my Christianity, weakening my faith, weakening my walk, right? Is that really a friend? Or is it a peer? Like the peer pressure is the term that you're making me think of. Okay, yeah. And I guess that, you know, if a peer is a friend and they, they do, they convince you to do the things you shouldn't do and bad choices. And call you friend. And, and, and then, you know, because that's where they're at. You know, so I don't want to say that all your friends that do that are frenemies, but they they can be. So you have to be able to gauge and and pay attention. You know, the Bible says, be careful who you call friend. You know, because I think about Job. You hear this man, a righteous man. He's suffering. He loses everything. And then his three friends and the Bible calls them friends and Job calls them friends. And God even called them his friends. You know, they they came and just sat in silence for seven days, and then they tore their boy apart. <laughs> what you, would you do wrong to do deserve all this? Yeah, they, You're right. That's terrible. Like, like they Good didn't example. know the type of man he was. So all of a sudden, they started inventing things like, you You must have been a liar to us. And Dude, for real? I'm about to slap Pete. Uh, anyway, I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, fr- friendship can be broken uh, because of gossip and grudges. You know, the one thing about uh, friends, you ha- you have friends that you share things with, intimate and personal secrets, and you have to learn to covet those things and and hold them close. If you want to have a friend that you can tell things to and know that it hold them close, as a pastor, I- I'm kind of bound by God, you know, because of my influence. That's not mine; He's given it to me, and and I so I have this influence and 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 my friends seem to share a whole lot more with me just as like people do in general and I know I I can't be talking people's business I can sometimes I use accounts of people and uh the third party story yeah, yeah. And, and they'll be in the audience no I was I'm holding this for a friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah hold but the Bible teaches us that bad company corrupts good character that's in 1 Corinthians so we should be very slow to just call any Anybody friend, right? Well, uh, another ugly side of the friend face is the loner. And we kind of talked about that in last week's episode where men kind of tend to go to the cave, uh, especially when they're hurt, you know. So the person never dons the friend face. He believes he doesn't need anyone. So he can go it alone, forsake authentic manhood, which is lived out in community. 
real manhood is a team sport. Aaron, I've known men like this. In most cases, they've been let down or used, you know, by someone else showing that ugly side of the friend face to the point that they no longer trust or believe a good friendship is ever possible. What a sad and lonely place to find yourself in. Uh, Have you ever been in such a place? You know, and if you have, how does the Bible instruct us to get ourselves out of it? Man, um, I think all of us at some point or another felt alone, right? When it comes to friendship, wouldn't you agree that you've had times where you felt like you couldn't share yeah. your life or a circumstance mm-hmm. or situation uh, with someone? When you're um, down on yourself, really, and that's when you need a friend the most. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, you know, the enemy whispers, we, we want to isolate, we don't want to tell. Even, okay, let's just be real. This is kind of off script, so to speak. Um, oh, no. Uh-oh, here he goes. <laughs> Hold on, folks. It's about to get live. You know, even when you've done something that you're ashamed of, something that, that's really wrong, you know, um, you become that, that. First of all, you're beating yourself up about what you did. Then you're like, if I tell my friends, I might lose them. But if you have a true friend, uh, um, which is truly a blessing, you got to know that you can tell them because that's that's poison. You got to get out of your system. You got to tell somebody, you know, I always relate that friendship to the friendship that we have with God. God calls us friend as well as son and daughters. Or, you know, it's one of those things. And it, it, it's like you can come tell him anything. Right. Anything. And he'll forgive it. He'll let it go. You won't be judged uh, according to it, even if it was sinful. Right? God says if, you, if we confess, he is faithful to forgive and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And, and, and that's a loving father, but that's also a good friend. But the Holy Spirit is even called the counselor. Come on. So, yeah, that's, you got to go talk to your got, counselor. Got to go talk to him. So um, no matter what the hurt, disappointment, or whatever, being a loner is a selfish act. It, it truly is. It's a self, me, me, me act. To be selfish is to be uh, concerned exclusively or uh, excessively with yourself mm-hmm. and how you're feeling. How you selfishness is that uh, is that big is one of the biggest obstacles to uh, having this kind of close friendship relationship with God or others. Inspiring relationships with other people that uh, we desire. Right? We are either protecting ourselves the despite who who might benefit from our life or our friendship, denying uh, ourselves out of fear because of press, hurt, or judgment. Either way, we are being selfish, and we need to move past us. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Moving to this Christ-like fashion. I've been there, as I said, isolated for whatever reason. But one thing, I knew they weren't right. Like, the whole time I'm sitting there not reaching out, I knew it wasn't right, you know? Don't you feel that way? Yeah, that's, uh, to me, the pity party. That, that's just, people love to feel sorry for themselves, and then they, they go through this rationalization process. It's not my fault, you know, my dad didn't want me, <laughs> or whatever, you know, and, and, and so... Everybody you, else you is going to reject me. I can't be a friend. Listen, man, if you have these issues or you have whatever is isolating you from embracing people, letting people in, you need to push uh, through it. I, I always use pushes. Pray until something happens. Like seek that. God. Seek his face. You know, uh, continue to look for friendship. Remembering this. Someone has said that if you count your true friends on the fingers of one hand, you are blessed. You know, when we think about friends, we always think about a lot. You know, but two Facebook friends. Yeah, yeah, fa- yeah, yeah. I have uh, uh, fifteen hundred friends. That ain't your friends. That's just fifteen people <laughs> that you want to talk to sometimes, and they want to talk to you, and you're following. And and I'm not 
putting down your Instagram, your Twitter, your tweet, your kick, your cack, whatever y'all got. I got a Facebook. I use it for ministry. I have a bunch of people that it says that are friends, followers. They're friendly. Let's put it that way. But being a loner isn't the kick. And, you know, it's funny. So when I think about this, too, I've thought about it in terms of uh, Jesus and the disciples. He had tons of disciples, more than people think. You know, they always think disciples 12. And out of the 12, though, I think his closest friends, you know, even John writes the one that Jesus loved. John, Peter, right? John, Peter, and James were his close. And so that just goes to that quote that I said, you know, being in account on on one hand, just a handful of men, men Mm -hmm. that you can call friends. You know, I always say like this, I I have at least five friends. That's why I can tell all of them 20% of my life. And I can confess my whole life, but nobody knows which twenty percent they're getting. Right? Yeah. Well, I have been so excuse me fortunate throughout my life to be rich in relationships. Uh, most people are amazed at the number of friendships that I have that date back. That more is than true. I'm thirty years. Uh, I still keep in touch with at least half a dozen friends, both male and female, that date back to grammar school. You know, we went first through twelfth grade together. I have at least two dozen fraternity brothers from college forty years ago. That I see and talk to regularly. See, and I can't relate to none my, of that. Uh, my, my job where I traveled all over helped facilitate that because you gotta you gotta water your garden. You gotta nurture these these friendships. The friendship uh, garden. One fraternity brother and I have been meeting up to attend all of the Texas A&M away venues, you know, in the SEC together. And I mean that that's that's terrific. We've been doing that since 2012, and now we're almost 10 years. And I, all I got left is Tennessee and uh, Kentucky, and uh. then I'll have them all covered. <laughs> but uh, Co-workers, neighbors, and previous church friends are all on my Christmas card list to keep in touch with at least annually. You know, so you know how to reach out to them and have an address and a phone number. You know, in my book, uh, The Savage Path, I wrote about the six pack. You know, with five older men who are still serve as like my council of advisors on the most intimate details of my life. And I cannot not imagine you know my life without these treasures. So, I. I don't know why God's blessed me this way in friends, but relationships are extremely important to me, and I'm I'm just abundantly blessed. And so I'd like to share a little bit of advice from my experience with friendships. Well, that'd be cool because you're. Um, I remember reading your book, and that was one thing I really noticed: these groups of men that you have these great and incredible relationships with. And I thought, man, that's um, not normal for most men. That, that aren't open like that. And, and I know as I've gotten to know you, I, I can see why, you know, um, I don't want to toot your horn, but you're kind of a cool kind of nerdy, different salt and pepper kind of guy for me. Beloved. David means beloved. <laughs> David yeah. me, it does. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's impressive. Well, so here's, here's a few uh, of, of David's uh, observations. I'll say, uh, excuse me. Perhaps advice on friendships. Number Give one, it to us. they all require maintenance. You have to reach out and keep in touch. You can't always keep a scorecard and say, oh, well, I called them last. It's their turn to call me or to initiate. That's not that's not a friendship. Yeah. That is not a friendship. No. Nope. Uh, <clears throat> call them when you think of them. And that's, that's you know, just listen to your heart. You know, I think God puts those little, hey, you know what? I was thinking about Aaron. I'm going I'm to give Aaron a call today. I, I, oh, in fact. You know, in my book, I talk about vegetables, and I saw I saw <laughs> yeah. a good friend. Yes, he said, "You know, I don't like broccoli people." And uh, <laughs> and I had a good friend tell me this joke. It's like, 
What's the difference between broccoli and boogers? <laughs> I don't know. What kids will eat boogers? Yeah. <laughs> so Touché. I mean, you know, look, that's right. great. Laughter is good medicine, and yes. that's why I keep in touch. I have certain jokes that I have for just certain friends, even. But uh, when they disappear is most likely the time when they need you most. And I've had several friends that have been through real serious situations in their life. And it, I, one guy was like missing for nine years, and I it was a big. His name is uh, William Brown. There's a right. lot of William Browns in the Houston phone book. I called to track him down. But I finally found him, and I, and I pulled him out and got him reconnected. Where with are you, William? <laughs> and so uh, search them out. Men go to the cave of isolation. I've already mentioned it several times. And, you know, when they're hurting and feeling worthless, and, and that's when they really need you most. Always tell the truth and hold, on, hold one another accountable. Sometimes people don't like that. But you will lose some, possibly, because of this. But they can always return like a prodigal. You know, if it was meant to be when right. they when they go back and think about it. And then uh, my fifth one would be be vulnerable and share your full life with them. It is such a gift to be trusted in this way. Sometimes even deeply flawed people are lifted up simply because you trusted them enough to share something deeply personal with them. And so if I tell you something and I know if you were to go and tell someone else that it would be very damaging to me, you know, you would be like, man, he. He trusts trust trust me. me enough yeah, to uh, to tell me that. Deal. It makes me feel good. It's, so I want to I want to live up to his expectation of that trust, right? And honor it, right? And that's how you build friendships because it it does take work. So, Aaron, what advice can you offer our audience regarding friendship and anything else in the Bible from your own life experience? You can teach them about gaining and <laughs> keeping friends. Well, I know um, a, a one life experience story uh, for me is my. Uh, Best friend. I don't even think of him as a friend anymore. I think of him as a brother, Michael Freisen. You know, we uh, met. I moved to New Mexico when I went end of eighth grade going to ninth, and I met him. And he's been my friend ever since, over 30-plus years. This is my ride-or-die boy. Like, he's a brother. We call him brother. He's in all the family photos. We've adopted him and grafted him. His last name's Freisen, but he is— a, a Thomas, and and he knows it. But, you know, I, I don't know if I'm the wisest one about giving friends because it wasn't until I came to Christ that I started to realize, you know, um, what true friendship was. And as a, as a Christian, I have to be aware that people that are friends with the world uh, and, and lovers of the things in the world are enemies of God. And because and, and we always point it back to God, right? And so we have to be careful because if they're God's enemy— they could be our enemy, right? So my wife taught me that I had a lot of acquaintances. I called friends, and uh, our friendship was based on this con- uh, contingency: you can do for me, I do for you. You know that kind of kind of deal. It, it, it was it seemed real, but when you really broke it down, it it was just a. Uh, we're, we're recovering users, both you and I. I <laughs> yeah, think, yeah, to a yeah. degree at times. Right. So, but I've learned, you know. Um, I also had a lot of people in my circle that were frenemies, you know, smiling in my face, stabbed me in my back, wanted to take my place type of thing, you know. So I just say with prayerful consideration, consider your association and let the spirit and God have the final determination. That's a little uh, rhyming right there, yeah, you know, like poet that. rhyming like for you. Yeah, is that the right? iambic <laughs> pentameter, I believe. Yes. Uh, be, I, I want to give this advice. Be the friend you want to have. And be open to friendship. You know, Bible teaches if if you want uh, friends, you have to be friendly, and and you have to be a friend, right? And and so I, I want to leave you with that, and ask that you truly consider it. You know, we've went through all four of these faces, 
And I'd like your listener to pay attention. Go back, review. You know, it's on the podcast, Salt and Pepper Conversations. Uh, and then hit us up. Get at us. Reach at us, Salt and Pepper Conversations at Gmail. Dave, why don't you pray us out real quick? All right. Dear Heavenly Father, <clears throat> we thank you for friends. Uh, as your scripture has even said, you know, it's it's a wonderful fragrance. It's uh it's closer than a brother in a, in a time of need, and we all need friends. This pandemic has has atomized us as a society globally, and we just ask that you would uh, be there and help us to reach out and make and keep friends and sustain those relationships. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Salt and Pepper Conversations with David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. Tune in next time as we tackle more tough topics to train a generation of better men. You can contact David and Aaron through Salt and Pepper Conversations at gmail.com. That's Salt and Pepper Conversations at gmail.com.